This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys via dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your host, Chris Schubert, with the uh, attendance now at two, a two-day streak of being here Yay. on the podcast. He doubled it up from yesterday. We're, we're happy that he's back producing this thing, floating around, you know, doing the Chris stuff. Uh, we are from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports wagering information. You will always find the latest odds, team match info, player news, and game trends over at Bet online, it's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy Mickey Mouse Day to you. It is Mickey Mouse's birthday (laughs) today. (laughs) <laughs> never ever ever do that again <laughs> wasn't ready for that uh any yeah. idea any idea what year mickey was born on november oh. 18th was it um 19, 1930 strong it's guess. guess it's a guess 19, total guess 1928 Oh, really? Nope. Yeah. So he's uh, oh. 90, 94 years old today. Oh, Mick. <laughs> hey there, Mickey. <laughs> oh. All right. That one needs to go in the trash as well. You're over <laughs> two. You, what else? You got, you, got anything, <laughs> you got anything in there that's going to be good? You got anything that's I, I, serviceable? I thought they were both good. No, they both. Was, the Mickey was definitely good. <laughs> Gorge. Gorge, Mickey. <laughs> You got a Donald Duck? If, okay, if there was ever, if there was ever a show, if there was ever a day we were just going to start over and pretend this didn't happen. It'd be, it'd no, if there's ever a show that encompasses draft ads, this is the one. This is the start to that show. Okay. What do you got, Chris? Well, we've we've I, all yeah, done one. Come on, come on, bro. I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Um, just a crotchety old man. He's takes like, I have on, takes. Yeah, takes on takes. Takes on takes. Two truths and a lie. We do have some housekeeping to take care of, though. Housekeeping? Okay. Tell reached out to me after Takes on Takes last Friday. So we gave Tell a bit of a hard time about his Texas University's take, about how he's missing some players. 
He wanted me to let. Wait, he, wait, he wait asked, hold on. Is this to tell who asked us to survey the landscape of all of the Texas college programs to talk about the viability of all of their skill players being NFL players? That is the tell, and that is the take oh. I am referencing. Okay. He has no, responded. Hold on, because I, I know where this is going. I got the DM as well. So Okay. Oh, I got said, I was left off. He said, take, please redo my UT take. It was meant to be Texas University, UT. I listed only UT skill players in the take. Universities in the plural was a typo. Tell This is on you, I, Chris. It, no, how is it on me? It's on tell Wait, for not... Put the take properly. What do you want me to do? Wow. Attacking <laughs> listeners of the show. Could not listen, be me. Listen, Tell, I, I accept. Uh, we'll redo it, but this is not on me. I read the take verbatim how it was read, how it was typed out. Okay. Now, now that being so said, we're, are we going to do not, that? No, is we're not going to redo the take. Start? You get punished. You get punished and you don't get your take read. So it wow. <laughs> no typos in your takes. Chris no, will fine. expose you. That's fine. I will read I will read the take again from last week. Take from Tal. All of Texas University's starting skill position players plus uh, Roshan are NFL caliber players. That was the take from last week. It's probably true. I'm probably not sure about their true. tight ends. I'm not as familiar with that, but uh don't they have Jaleel Billingsley? Yeah, is he doing anything? Yeah, he's an NFL caliber player. Yes, he is. Does he want to be? It's the million dollar question. <laughs> Gentlemen, do me a favor. What, do I mind the rum mic or something, Chris? Remind me right before we do Two Truths and a Lie, and we're on what I say is the last take, be like, hey, Chris, you have something from Weekly Huddle that you need to get to beforehand, okay? I need, I need some accountability. So just remind me okay. of that. Okay. We have a take from like Waka Flocka. The producer should write that down. Yeah, I written down somewhere. This take from Waka Flocka Bach. Take, but really a question. Why do we penalize RBs for having elite O-lines and say their production is due to the O-line and less impressive Blake Corum, but not when quarterbacks have all five stars at O-line and five stars at wide receiver C.J. Stroud? Stroud has been throwing it to Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jake, but Marvin Harrison Jr. How do you project what happens if he were to be on the Ravens with Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Jalen Moore, or the Jags, Bears, Packers, or Titans? I've talked a little bit about this. I, I think it's very difficult to account for supporting cast, especially at the college level when, when you you have these natural what was the, I don't know if you guys have seen this statistic on like how many of CJ Stroud's touchdown passes have come when he's up by more than fourteen points in the second half of football games this season. It's like a disproportionate amount and the people who have questions about CJ Stroud will point to that, right? But I think you try your best to look at process versus results. And uh, that, that goes for all positions, but it's just low-hanging fruit in some cases to say, oh, well, running back's a devalued position, so therefore if you play with a good offensive line, anybody could do that. It's 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 narrative-based more than it is fact-based in my mind because each one of those players is an individual case-by-case -case basis. I, I agree with you, Kyle. I, I was spending a lot of time – since Chris read the take there, thinking about if I've ever done that, if I've ever said, wow, he has a great offensive line and, and allowed it to impact an evaluation that I've had. Um, the only one that I can think of was maybe Najee Harris, where I think we were like, hey, I think he gets a lot of space to work with, and that's something to be mindful of. And 
maybe it was a, a fair thing to consider just kind of based on how not that good Najee Harris has been in terms of yards after contact in the NFL. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's all layers to the evaluation that you need to consider. And it's all about how it all, you, you blend it all together. You find as much information as you can. And how does that make you feel as an evaluator? And you're going to do your best to apply everything equally to all players, but um, it's, it's subjective. And, and I, that's the beauty of scouting. Let's take from Matt. Long time taker, first time food taker. We'll, we'll clap up for a good food take here on the show. First time food take? Wait. First time I, food taker. But it, he's submitted takes before, but this is yes. his first food take? First, oh, first food, food take. take. This is two a big part, deal. Two part Thanksgiving related food take. Do I need to have DoorDash ready? Just you tell me. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think DoorDash is going to need to be ready. Okay. Okay. Uh, take one. Turkey is the worst part of Thanksgiving dinner, dinner, ham, and then three of the greater than sign symbols. I'm getting sick of the uh, anti-turkey people just getting loud, right? There's been a community of people that don't like turkey, and they've made a point of it in recent years to make sure that we know they don't like turkey. Come so on. I, like, turkey's good. It's turkey's good. Turkey's good. I agree that ham is better than turkey, though. Uh, you give no me way. a nice Christmas ham. Oh, oh. God. That's it's delicious. Terrible. No. Chris, the little honey glaze on the outside. Dude, it's amazing. It's just Over perfect. turkey. I, I, I will say this, Joe, the perfectly cooked turkey that's not overly done or dry is is excellent. I, I would take over a ham. I think a ham is harder to screw up. I think Fair a turkey enough. is very I think a turkey is very easy to screw up. Correct. I've had, had I've had a lot of of dud turkeys in my life. Have you ever had a deep fried turkey? I've never had a deep fried turkey. Oh, brother. Woo! I've seen one one too many videos of them dropping the frozen ones in the deep fryer out in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know if that, well, I don't know if the flaming geyser of Turkey flames is for me. Folks. I'll have the video camera on Wednesday night when we fry up a deep uh, Turkey in the backyard of my house. Deep Turkey. You know what I'm come on. You know, we know it would actually be really fun is if you buried the deep fryer in the ground and then you just drop the Turkey in the ground and it looked like you had a geyser in the backyard. That'd be pretty fun. Or you just know what you're doing and you don't blow anything up around you, you know? Sure. Big fan of that too. Sure. The the second part of the take. Oh, there's home, another. <laughs> homemade cranberry sauce is delicious, but store bought canberry sauce is awful in comparison. No, they're both bad. Get them out of here. There you both go. Both bad. Yep. I do not mind canned cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving. I would never eat it another day of the week or another day of the year, but Thanksgiving Day with the rest of the plate, I can get down with it. This next take could potentially be from Kyle J. Krabs's burner account. Mm. This is from Harry, who does not have a profile picture on Twitter. Not calling him out. I'm just this is this is why I believe it is a Kyle J. Krabs burner account. Does not have a profile picture. It is Harry with 76 digits on the end of it. It's got a bunch of numbers. And Harry this bunch is the, of numbers. Okay. And this is the this is the take. Take. I'm scared. The Cowboys find a way to get out of Zeke's contract and then proceed to draft Bijan Robinson in the first round. Bijan <laughs> fits Jerry Jones's idea of a perfect Cowboys player and would not hesitate to draft him if Zeke is let go. This is directly from the Kyle J. Krabs burner account. Why don't you just re-sign Tony Pollard to move on with your life? Because they just they made the mistake of giving a second contract to a running back, and they don't want to do that again, so... 
Is honestly, what is Tony Pollard gonna gonna cost? I don't know. I'm, I I want to know your answer to this because I'm a little bit interested in the Bills signing him. Zeke Elliott? No, Tony Pollard. Oh, okay. What's that? Is yeah, he a no, that, million that dollar year back? That can't be allowed. That can't be allowed to happen. Oh no! If you could get Javon Holland and Jalen Waddle, <laughs> no, I'd really prefer you not get Tony Pollard. <laughs> um. So let me let me look up running back contracts. Real Christian quick. Wilkins, another one that I really liked. Are you going to address the rumor that this is from your burner account or no? You're just going to uh, move on. No, from com- that? no comment. Okay. Mm. No comment. And you know, I would not use my name, and I would be a bunch of numbers so that I could without just dismiss a, w- it without as a, being a bot. Right. Yeah. And and his name would also be Harry. Right. Like, it, and this is a take that I've heard Kyle mention to me on the TD and Daily podcast. So I've, like, th- I've also I've done that in a mock draft. Right. I have so done this exact I, thing in a mock yeah. draft. And that's why I'm I'm tending to believe that this is a Great game, minds think alike, Harry. When you guys hear the name Harry, do you automatically think of Harry Stamper from Armageddon, or is that just me? Yes. That's just that's just every me. time. Are yep. you serious, Kyle? Thank you, God. Yeah. I knew I went out on a limb there. And I no. I was happy to see you on the same branch. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's um <laughs> it really warms the cockles of my heart to know yeah. that uh you and I are both avid Armageddon. Hey. Uh, Chris, what actor Keep played it Harry Stamper? Keep it a buck. What's a Harry Stamper? It's Armageddon. I've never seen the movie Armageddon. Do you know the Do you know the premise of the movie? Not a single second of it. No. NASA employs oil rig drillers to fly onto an asteroid that would destroy the planet to drop a nuke into it and save the world. That's the, that's the concept. It's got young Ben Affleck, young, like young, handsome Ben Affleck, Liv Taylor, Bruce Willis. Uh, Who else is in that? Uh, who's the guy? Come on. Steve Buscemi in it. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. He was funny as hell. Crazy movie, eyes. Man. Yeah, so good. Goes crazy on the asteroid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how, how outrageous was the, when they missed the landing, the landing zone? Yes. And Ben Affleck's going to drive the, the Land Rover. Don't ask off questions. A cliff on <laughs> You're asking too many questions. Just be entertained. Oh, yeah, I was entertained. All right. What is <laughs> what, what station was that always on on TV? Cable TV. Was it TNT? It was I'm like sure. it was on TNT like every other day for like 10 years. Give it a spin there, Chris Schubert. Chris, we tell you what, we can uh, we can have some pineapple bake and watch Armageddon together. How's okay. that? All right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I I came back around. By the way, did we do we know what percent of the salary cap this year the Dallas Cowboys have committed to the running back position? Oh God, is it more than ten? It's probably more than ten. It's close. Nine point six. It's eight point nine eight. Mm-hmm. The next highest is the Cincinnati Bengals at seven point one. Who's that last? This is my new favorite team. You know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, the New York Jets. Let's, Let's go! go! Our Hashtag Jets, our Jets, baby! <laughs> Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Let's right. go! <laughs> two, two backs on rookie deals. I respect the hell out a of it. Four, a okay. fourth round back and a second round back. <laughs> how many running backs in the, or how many teams in the NFL have a cap hit committed to running backs this year that is greater than 5%? Oh, gosh. 10. 12. You guys, do you want to bring it down a little bit? Oh, are we too high? <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good with both of our guesses five, there. Five percent. There, there, there are X number of there teams are... with greater than five percent okay. of their so, respective cap. Titans, 
Steelers, Bengals, Cowboys. That's three. Panthers. Like slash 49ers. Like, how does that work? So, yeah. How do we break that down? Uh, Wherever Panthers. Christian McCaffrey's money is the most, that's the team I'd like to guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm uh, having a hard time did. figuring out how this is distributed because they're, the Panthers are 29th and the 49ers are 31st. Feels feels wrong. Uh, did we say the Cowboys, Joe? That's the team we're talking about here. Probably yes. should guess you, that. Cow- Cowboys, Bengals, and Titans are the ones that Joe has correctly tabbed down. But not Packers. Uh, the Packers are 10th at 3.58%. Saints. Uh, the Saints are 7th at 4.57. This is tough. The Bucks. The Ravens. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 15th at 2.98, and the Baltimore Ravens are 11th at 3.74. Close, we're just we're just spewing information. Yeah, you got you're warm on the color of the Bucks. No, no the the ra- purple, the Ravens. Oh, the Vikings. The Vikings are third uh, with six point seven. How could I forget about Dalvin Cook? There's one more. One more. There's one no, more. I, this is not an official guess. I want to talk it out with with uh, Chris Cardinals with the James Conner deal. But that's it, right? Because Eno's on yeah. a. Like and Another they cut Eno, and yeah. like they just don't have. They Who's paying the US, a weird running back? That USC kid, right? Keontae Ingram. Oh so God, that, we're so stupid right now. It's the Browns. It is the Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah, yes. that was yeah, with, very good. Job. Thanks, thanks for getting us out of that. That was bad. Nick Chubb at six point one five percent. Nick Chubb, Loki took like an awesome deal for the Browns at three years, thirty six point six million. The best running back in the league. Right for 12.2. Um, so, so to answer your question, Joe, to get back on track here, I suppose, we could do top salaries, uh, average salaries at the running back position across the NFL right now. We're trying to answer the question, what would Tony Pollard command on the open market, correct? Does, does SpotRack have an um, estimate for him yet, a market value? Uh, I can dilly dally that up for you here in just a second. Oh, uh, they do. It's what low. Yeah. Oh. It's low. Okay. I think it's 7 million a season. Is the, the forecast? Yeah. Isn't that like the Melvin Gordon deal? Uh, yeah. Melvin Gordon was, was right there in that stratosphere of, I think he did 8 million. I think it was two years, 16 million was what he signed for with them. Okay. Uh, Chase Edmonds signed for two twelve. Okay, so he was six per Chase Edmonds. You know, Naeem Hines is an average of six point two. Yep, is he an expiring contract? Uh, he is not. He signed for the next two seasons, but there's no guaranteed money. None. Oh, yeah, because you yeah. you traded right, so yeah. traded for him right, so. Yeah. Uh, so Hines and Edmonds are two of the four comparable contracts in the Tony Pollard projection. So they're thinking what seven, six, seven, eight, something like that. Five point one. Oh, let's go three years, fifteen from the Bills. Sign it. I'll Look at Joe what. Marino advocating for his team to sign a running back. <laughs> yeah, because it's pennies on the dollar. Right. Tony Pollard should be eight to ten in my mind. Nah. I think somebody will. Joe's like, I think somebody will come up. Keep that price low. 
We can't go more than five over here. You want to play for a contender or you want to go be the starting running back for the Cardinals? So, look, here's the selling point. <laughs> the Cardinals catching strays from Joe this week. Why not? They always do. They're, they're, it's a harmless team to say. What's Bontel going to be mad at me? If I were trying to sign Tony Pollard, my selling point would be I will make you the highest paid NFL running back that did not sign a second contract with the team who drafted him. This would be a good two truths and a lie, but I'll I'll go ahead and reveal <laughs> my information here. Um, McCaffrey signed the second contract with the team who drafted him, right? The yeah. Panthers. Kamara, 15. Elliott, 15. Dalvin Cook, 12-6. Derrick Henry, 12-5. Nick Chubb, 12-2. Joe Mixon, 12. Aaron Jones, 12. Saquon Barkley, on the fifth-year option, does not have a... Um, doesn't have a second contract yet. Leonard Fournette is the first paid running back. He's 10th mm. with a contract that was signed by the team that did not draft him. And it was $7 million. Nine games in, he's not the starter anymore. Nine games in, he's not the starter. That's right. So that would be my sales pitch to Tony Pollard. Speaking of Leonard Fournette, let's take from Dolphins craze. Oh, no. Take... The Leonard Fournette pass to Brady is a bottom three play ever. I think the only one worse was that Colts one versus New England years ago. Yeah, the the special teams fourth down punters up under center and they got three guys over the center and they so weird snap the ball. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's probably one of the it's it's up there. Let's take from Sam. Take the NFL should make exceptions for freshmen and sophomores who earn all American honors from the Associated Press and allow them to enter the draft early. I don't like that qualifier. I like yeah. finding a qualifier, but that ain't it. The Associated Press is not the people yeah. who I want having the eligibility of young players. I don't want that in their hands. Right. Because I've seen what many of their <laughs> depth of watching and not just looking at stat sheets is. Yeah. Let's take from Ice Cold. Take, the Vikings aren't cockroaches. They are good. At a certain point, winning all of these gritty games is a skill. Come playoff time, it's going to be harder to find a team more battle-tested in close games. They can be both. They can be both. I like that, Joe. Thank you. Like I said, I, I respect the hell out of them consistently finding ways to win these games, but law of averages says you're, you're not going to go undefeated in one-score games. Right, it's always okay. when you when you get into the off season and you look at regression models and and teams primed for um, big bounce backs in the wins total. One of the number one things that they reference is record in one score games. Can I add something to this? Yeah, the Raiders were one of the best teams in one score games last year. They're now one of the worst. Yeah, the Bills did that year over year from twenty twenty like, to twenty twenty one. It just happens. You're going to tell me that like there's that big of a skill gap between the Raiders being one of the best one-score teams last year to being one of the worst one-score teams this year? You're going to tell me that skill is the only determinant there? No. It's a, well, it's a mixed bag. There's a lot of then, things that go into it. The naysayers there would say, well, yeah, but they changed their coach, and the Vikings won't be changing their coach. What was the Browns score in one-score games the year that they went to the divisional round with Baker? Oh, I... I, I, I bet it was pretty good. My head, but it was pretty good. I'm sure they won a lot of one-score games, yeah. Kyle take Krabs from RC. Go down the rabbit hole. See you guys All in right. two takes. All right. So, yep. All right. Take from RC. The NFL is designed to be an eight and eight league. There are a few great teams, but those who those who are uh, 
but those who win by multiple scores uh, against bad teams. And then he actually gives the example. The 2021 Raiders were 8-2 in one score games. This year, they're 1-6 in one score games. So we agree yeah, or disagree? Think, yeah, I agree with that. I... Kyle's doing math. He's, he's got his fingers. Draft dudes do math here live. The Browns were se- the, the Browns were 7-2 in yeah, 2020 in one score games. There you go. The following year, they went 8-9. and nine. This take from Countdown Scouting. Take, Michael Penix Jr. will have a career arc similar to Jalen Hurts and will be a top 10 quarterback in the league before his rookie wow. contract is over. Wow. No, I don't agree with that. <laughs> so you Washington, a, right? Browns yeah, had a 5-6 f- and six record in one-score games in 2021 when they regressed from 11-5 and five to 8-9. and nine. What was the take? Michael Penix is going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL by the end of his rookie contract. Mm. Like Jalen Hurts. I'll I'll take the field. It's an impressive, impressive season this year. Yeah. Take the field. Stand by. I, I lost my place in the takes. Oh, here. boy. Technical got, difficult. This is what happens when you take here. a couple days away from, from the dudes. You well, no, this get is what a lot of rhythm. This is what happens when there are so many takes. I'm now back in the beginning of November. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. First time take from Taylor B. Oh, welcome. Uh, yes. I'll clap and, after and I'll, I hear it. Well, yeah, wow. that you. I think it was a good decision to hold the clap, Kyle. First time take. If the team picking number one in 2024 does not need to go quarterback, Marvin Harrison Jr. should be the number one pick. How could we possibly answer that right now? How many other eligible players... Do you feel comfortable being with top five picks that are eligible for 2024? 20, I, that's a non-quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I There's no way I could. I, I'm i living in this draft class. Like, I I don't know. You should open your, your window of possibility to welcome more. Man, you know, that's like four times do this you, week. This do you have the same alarm set for the same time every day and just don't turn it off? Because yeah. when I was editing, I heard the same thing like three times. Yeah. What, what What's your reminder? What do you need to do at 1130? I got to eat. But we do the show at this time every day for the last you know, six but, months. But I, so I, why I is that an alarm? On, I set it up on Sunday. So I obviously don't do draft dudes at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. You can't set an alarm for specific days? Like, what yes, are we doing can. here? Yeah, you can. I can on my phone. Hold on. So you, you actually need reminders to eat? I no, think that, I'm, try- that's- I'm, try- I'm trying a different routine. No, Joe, the, the bigger thing here is 11.30 every day. It doesn't matter It doesn't matter what. Monday through Friday at 11.30, we are always in the middle of a show. There is never a scenario where we're not in the middle of a show. So when's he going to eat anyway? Is? You know what the problem is? The problem is I remembered this morning saying, oh, Kyle, turn your alarm off. Make sure really? you, you didn't remember that off. much. Well, yeah, because I have the mock draft this weekend. I had to finish my two players for today. Oh, so I had to this. finish Sydney Brown. Look at this. I had to do oh, my roster roster power rankings thing that I've been working on for four freaking days. And I'm so sick and tired of writing that I had to knock out this morning before we got started. I had a meeting that got thrown on my schedule at 10 a.m. I had to do Locked on Dolphins this morning. Just trying to live my life here and be the best version of myself to give everybody really good football content. I'm sitting here getting guilt tripped by it by Chris Schubert because my alarm went off. I'm sorry, well, Chris, for just trying to be a good employee. Well, the best version of yourself would never include eating at 1130 because you would be doing draft dudes. So I just okay. don't understand. This is 
We're talking about the least interesting part of all of this. I want to know about Kyle's new eating routine that requires an alarm to be set at some it's level every two of frequency. Hours. It's every, okay. every two hours. Thank you. So every, every two hours, hours, you need a reminder to eat what? A handful of almonds? What, what are we doing here? Uh, so we're very greens heavy Rice right cakes. now. No, no, there's, I'm cutting out carbs almost entirely. I have a bunch of uh, chicken breasts cooked up. Um, I have some uh, some lean steak. Uh, we're doing cauliflower florets, and we're doing broccoli, and we're doing arugula, and I'm taking good. This is a good recipe thing for everybody. If you like like a little bit of, of spice uh, and uh, earthiness with your salads, take arugula, and then take olive oil, Dijon mustard. I'm using the Bijan Dijon for this, so I'm I, actually using I, the Bijan Robinson that, yeah. Dijon mustard. Uh, for this and then you can do like a little bit of lime juice and you can do just like a little bit of white vinegar and like toss the salad all together and you get like this really really yummy like peppery salad mix with a dressing that's low calorie so So what do you in two hours from now what are you gonna eat um probably some of that salad and I've roasted cauliflower and put uh, old bay seasoning on it. So do like roasted cauliflower with old bay and then uh, like a thing of chicken. This and take from Eli. Energy drink. <laughs> this take from Eli. Take CJ and Bryce will be the only quarterbacks taken in the first round with the other QBs going after round three in the upcoming draft. Oh, well, no, I, these guys okay, are too toolsy. Yeah. I think this is a really good take. This is I like I I enjoy this take. I just don't agree with it. Yeah, the the NFL very rarely shows this level of restraints with restraint with guys with the kind of physical tools that if Anthony Richardson comes out and if Will Levis comes out and like yeah, I just did my my TD100 ballot update Will Richard or Will Levis is QB3. Like the other two guys are in front of them. I think that it's pretty safe to say those two guys, based on their resumes, have the strongest standing to go in the first round right now. But I just don't see the NFL exercising restraint based off the physical tools that they still have are special. And I think there's enough there for both of those guys. Like, who was the special toolsy guy last year? Malik, right? Malik, yeah. Well, look at the college offense that Malik Willis played in and look at his size. There were still red flags to go along with really strong arm and really good athletic ability. Whereas Richardson and Levis are prototypical builds at the position. Levis plays in a Shanahan style offense, and you could that might be a bad thing based on the way that they're calling plays this year and what it looks like, but um I, I think there's enough there for those guys to still have a pretty high demand, even if they, they haven't taken the step we hope they thought they would. I, I have a take I'd like to introduce right now. Okay. Right, this uh, this came through DP and I, um, Damian Parson. We had a, a spirited exchange today in the uh, TDN Premium Discord in our NFL Draft Prospect channel. Oh, I saw this. Talking about this. Very spirited. Very spirited. <laughs> you know, DP, me and DP, we're, we're boys. Man. We, we can go at each other a little bit. So um, this is my take. There's a good chance – that Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are both better NFL players than they are college players, while simultaneously there's a good chance that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are better college players than they will be pro players. 
I think I can get on board with this, Joe. I like it's a reasonable that. mindset, right? I think so. I believe I'm in on this as well. But we're all going to stack it. So I, there's no consensus with this group, but I think most people will have some combination of Stroud and Young, one and two, and then kind of sorting out Levis and, and Richardson so, after that. So we're going to do the whole we're going to do the whole draft rankings and do the scouting reports and do the big boards and the positional rankings and all that stuff. But like, if you really want to know what my positional rankings are for the 2023 NFL draft, ask me on May 1st, brother, you're damn right. I need to know where these guys are going. Yeah. It's situation dependent. Yes. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Take from OG Yurimishi. Take after the Goddard face mask fumble, the NFL should be able to overturn turnovers if there's a clear and obvious penalty on that play that helps cause the turnover. I do think you should be able to review 15 yard penalties. G- good luck defining clear and obvious and what can be challenged and what cannot on that, and and trusting the NFL to get it right. I get it. I'm with you, OG Yurimishi. I just don't trust the NFL to put the right protocol in place. That's why I said 15 yard penalties. Yeah, he's got me twisted up here because I think at the end of the day, what everybody should want is for the right call to be applied and for the game to be officiated to the integrity. Yeah, yeah, I, I just there, there just is subjectivity to some of it, right? And it's not like it's not like balls and strikes in baseball where there's a clear like it either went through the strike zone, right? But it's like there is some level of it. I don't, man. I kind of like want to say yes there, but I like I think there's a part of me that just doesn't trust it to to get it right through that, and it just makes it more frustrating. So hear me out. This is why I said 15 yard penalties, right? Because what yeah. what are 15 yard? What is not a 15 yard penalty? Defensive pass interference, right? We don't want to mm-hmm. open up that can of worms like the. But it could be 15 yards. It's just depending on where it happened, right? Well, it's a spot of the it's a spot of the spot the, foul. Okay, gotcha, it's a spot gotcha. foul. So it's it's gotcha. not a 15 it's not yard a 15. penalty. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so offensive pass interference can be reviewed because that is a 15-yard penalty. But you're going to... 10. Okay, Yeah. so you're you're even better. We don't have to worry about pass interference at all because I think that's where subjectivity comes in. So we go personal fouls, late hits, face masks, horse collars, or or is the chop block a personal foul penalty now? Yes, Um, I think so. I think so. And whatever the like coming back towards the line of scrimmage or something. If you're oh the crack, the crack blocks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen that effed up quite a few times, man. So if that's your spectrum of plays that can be reviewed and if applicable, if there's a turnover, then yes, you, you say during the play, personal foul, 15 yard face mask, 15 yards on the defense, offense retains possession. We will move forward. I think that's that if you were going to put reviews of penalties in place, I think your 15 yards is probably your safest bucket to do it without opening up Pandora's box past the point of no return. 
This last take from Noah before we get to two truths and a lie. Hey, you take. have a special thing you have to go back to hey, after this. Thanks, make you, sure you, you have thank, something from... Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. This before. take from Noah. Because of the rise in rushing numbers this season, we will see a shift back to less athletic defensive fronts, particularly at defensive tackle, and teams will covet those players more in the draft. Say it one more time. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to hear it again. Because of the rise in rushing numbers this season, Okay. We will see a shift back to less athletic defensive fronts, particularly at defensive tackle, and teams will covet those players more in the draft. Aren't we kind of there? Wouldn't this the take be better stated that they will shift back towards big burly defensive fronts to combat the run? I know I've seen this in a couple places. I think ESPN... NFL countdown did it with Orlovsky and Spears and Kimes and like that whole group. They, they talked about kind of the, um, the uptick in gap run concepts and they're, they're exponentially more effective because teams have been preconditioned defensively to run sideline to sideline and have space, uh, space defenders, uh, as kind of the counteraction to the prevalence of the, of the wide zone system. Um, with the Shanahan tree and they, they talked about how gap runs are hitting. They're they're running more gap runs than at any point in the last 10 years. And they are getting more yards. They've never been more effective ever on a per run basis than they are right now. So it's like a really good conversation and uh, everybody that was involved in the panel, um, Rutledge or Lasky, I don't want to forget anybody, but it, it was like 10 minutes long. Orlovsky shared it on his, his timeline if, if anybody's interested in watching it. Uh, but that this is like the, the one of the things that they talked about. It's really, you think about Jordan Davis, right? And I don't think you have to switch back to these odd fronts, traditional like mint Tight. Ted Washington, Vince right? Wilfork, like you, you like, don't got to do the whole game right. that way, but I do think that ath, not even athletic, but that that two gapping nose tackle, everybody's going to want to have one, and probably somebody else who's modestly good at it. Mm-hmm. Just based on when you play matchup specific, you want to be able to have a guy when you they get on the field and they they start running pin and pull and they start running lead counter and they, they start running GT counter and, and all these things that involve changing the math on one side of the center with extra blockers, you're going to want to have more bodies free to scrape and flow with that across the top. So uh, I agree generally with the, the premise of what we're saying, but Joe, I think one of the things that's most fun with this entire debate about like interior defensive linemen, a gap defenders, gap versus zone versus Shanahan system. Do you remember? Do you remember the Shanahan Trey Lance draft class? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what their next couple of picks were in that class? Yeah, it, it was uh, uh, heavy Aaron Banks and Trey Sermon, and then they got Elijah Mitchell yep. in the same class, and obviously Lance. And when they drafted Banks and they drafted Sermon, we were like, wow. I remember you and I having this conversation very explicitly. Is wow. Mm-hmm. So do I. These are much more downhill between the tackles type players. This is a really interesting 
evolution. So you can say what you will about San Francisco's decision to trade up for Lance, and you could say what you want about San Francisco, some of their other personnel decisions and how they've been able to retain the roster. But I do think it's very interesting that as I reflect on it, one of the first people to identify that how business was being done needed to change was actually Kyle Shanahan. And they got some of it right, and they they haven't got some of it right. But it's it's just very fascinating. The, the whole dog chasing its own tail element of the NFL, right? Where it's cyclical, it's a copycat league, and then somebody's going to have the stones to step out of line and go, go do something else. And that's going to work because it flies in the face of what everybody else is doing, and then everybody's going to then turn around, spin the other way, and chase the tail the other way. You know, it's to me, it's you got to find the Javon Hargraves and the DJ Readers and the right. Vita Vegas. And, and how about how about Larry Ogunjobi, too? Good point. I know he he's not quite as extreme of like the build you're talking about, but he's been a really good, yeah. really good interior guy the last couple of years. He's playing good for Pittsburgh right now. But if we were to tie a ribbon on this, going back to the original take, the key thing here is it's not that they're going to see an uptick in smaller fronts. It's the opposite of what he's trying to communicate there, in my opinion. I think you're going to see heavier A-gap defenders. Right, which I, is I don't not think what he said, see- right? Chris, read the take one more time so we make sure we can tie this thing up correctly. Uh, read the take. I'm, I, I've already moved on. Let me find Imagine. it again. Imagine. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't think this would be a 47-minute conversation. Your take, well, because of the rise in rushing numbers this season, we will see a shift back to less athletic defensive fronts, particularly okay. at defensive tackle, and teams will covet those players more in the draft. Okay, so he said it correctly, and I, I, I heard it differently in my head. But I, yes, I think I it, it's I, I still think it's more so less athletic, a gap defense. I, I, I think there's room to have three penetration, three techniques, yes, and dynamic pass rushers to go along with that a gap defender. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. No problem, guys. No problem. I'm going to bury your rear end on two truths and a lie now because you gave me a little sass on that. This is from the Weekly Huddle podcast, and he he came up with something unique for the show today. He's got three takes here. Two of them are fake. He made them up. He doesn't believe them. One of them is true. One of them he actually believes. He wants to play two truths and a lie. He wants to play two truths and a lie, and he's playing the game properly with some takes. So I said, hey, you know what? You're in. Take number one. Josh Allen should still strongly be in contention for the MVP. Take two, the two, the 2023 wide receiver draft class greater than sign the 2022 wide receiver draft class. Take three, Jaheel Billingsley will be able to play himself back into day two consideration on the all-star game circuit. Two of those are fake. One of those is truthful. So two of those are fake. Believes, we have to guess. So what he, he, he wants to play two lies and the truth. Yeah, he's that's playing two lies and the truth. He's playing yeah, Joe, Joe Marino style. Yeah, Joe, yeah, he's playing Joe Marino style, which, you know, that's why I'm always confused. So you should be great at this, Joe. You you should get right, this one Joe. right. It, it, oh, well, let, I mean, we'll I hand it off to you. I don't know if I know the weekly huddle podcast well enough to know how this person thinks. Josh Allen is still strongly an M- NFL MVP candidate. That should be true, right? Like, I st- I think that should should be true. So if we're trying to find the lie, that's a that would be uh, the no, one truth. You know, you're trying to just find the one truth, and so yeah, you think that's only the truth one and true that- statement. I think it's either one or three. I don't. I, I don't. I think there's a zero percent chance he thinks number two is a legitimate statement, which is that this you know year's the wide answer, receiver, Chris? Chris knows I do. the answer. Yes. yes. Okay. 
I don't you think know, he I believes just, that I'm this re- I'm reading the three takes and I don't have the answer. God, everybody's on edge today. I love it. I, two truths and a lie gets me in a mood. I'm, cause I'm, I think one's the, one's the truth. I'll go with Joe. Or he's I'll just trying Joe. to get a rise out of me. In... Kyle, you should have went with your gut. It's number three. Number three is the is the true take. Jay Billings will be will be able to play himself back into day two consideration. I don't yes. see it. I think you can get. I think I, I disagree with with your opinion. Weekly huddle podcast, just because I I think there's a lot of athletic tight ends that are available out there, and they all have less bumpy roads to this point yeah. in the process than what Jaleel Billingsley has. I agree. Okay, two truths and a lie. The standings entering this week: Kyle ten and six, Joe nine and seven, myself five and eleven. I'll just let you know right now, I'm not in a good mood. This game pisses me off. How are you not in a good mood? I hate this Friday. game, Joe. I hate this game. You're hanging out with game. your buddies. Yeah, you're not my buddies today. Takes on takes. On Look, at he's like sitting up in his seat and like yeah, I'm, this I'm is twitchy. He's a little twitchy. I think about it all week. I think about it all freaking week. Chris, <laughs> it's not that serious, my guy. No, it is. No, oh, it, it is. is. It is. Oh, no, it is. It's I don't even get, play the game correctly half the time. Right, and somehow you're still four games better than me in the standings. Yeah, Chris, I should be six. Chris, what would you like to do? Would you like to go first, I, second, or third? I don't care. I'll go I, first. You'll go first. Okay. You're going to give us can, your takes first? Yeah, yes. maybe we can set the tone for him, Joe, and loosen him up a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> college, <laughs> college running backs. Okay. okay. The Hurt topic him. today. That's the I, theme. I have heard of college running backs as well. There are three running backs in D1 college football that average eight yards or more per attempt. Oh, is there a minimum qualifier there? I do not have a minimum qualifier. All from the college football reference, so the version God, of pro football reference. Head. The running back with the most scrimmage yards this season is Chase Brown. Blake Corum leads all Power 5 running backs with 17 touchdowns on the ground this season. Okay, Joe, what what do any Wait. of those I feel like I only heard two. Well, no, there there were most definitely there, there, three. There were there were three. Okay, so Corum leads FBS. And he said what, seventeen? With seventeen touchdowns. Please, the rest of them. Uh there are three running backs in D1 college football that average eight yards or more per attempt. The running back with the most scrimmage yards this season is Chase Brown. Scrimmage yards. Correct. You said scrimmage yards. Scrimmage yards. Yes. Okay. That's and I used all, I used the same source for all of these. And so I, I have it readily available to discuss anything that you guys. <sighs> okay. Kyle, in the world of college football, I'm inclined to believe that more than three running backs average more than eight yards of it per attempt. I'm eliminating that. I think that's true. So you want to lock that one in as a truth at this point in time? In my opinion, yes. Okay. Is there anything else that like really moves the needle for you? No. So we have Chase Brown leading FBS in scrimmage yards. Which feels reasonably true to me. Yeah, I know he's up over like fourteen hundred rushing yards. I know he got hurt, and it's just that's a super big buzz kill. But I mean, he was averaging like one hundred and forty rushing yards per game. But like, what other running back pops for you in terms of like crazy production? 
where he could that how, could be challenged. How much how much receiving yards does Bijan Robinson have? Does he have the rushing yards? He's, yeah, he's over he's over eleven hundred, I think. And so the other one is about the other thing we got to watch too here is there's a couple of these mid-major guys that like put like the Western Michigan kid last year. I don't think he's having as good of a year this year, but like he, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Israel Abanacan has had about a billion rushing yards. He's like 300 yards every game. A billion rushing yards. Yeah. Dead serious. Do you know how many scores he has? Because he said Blake Corum. It's like three, three game. Okay. Well, he said he said that um, Blake Corum is leading with seventeen rushing touchdowns. That's what he said. That's what I said. And that's the most. That's what he said. That's what I said. Man, I feel like somebody else could be there in that world. Would you like me to read them to you again? Yeah, because I, I I just don't want Joe to kick himself for doing it wrong. Again, I'm, you know? I'm, I, yeah, we are trying to find the lie, Joe. You're trying, trying to, to find the lie. Clear. Thank you. I try to validate everything, and then right, I right. forget that I'm trying that's, to find the lie. That's where I'm stuck right now. Is like I'm kind of validated in all of all of them. There are different degrees of confidence. Go ahead, Chris. There are three running backs in D1 college football that average eight yards or more per attempt. The running back with the most scrimmage yards this season is Chase Brown. Blake Corum leads all power five running backs with 17 touchdowns on the ground this season. Power five, he said. I I thought you missed that part, and I wanted to be fair to you guys. No, that's good, because I was thinking about uh, the UAB running back has about a billion yards and about Um, five touchdowns um, a game, too. McBride, right? Kendra Miller's having a big year, right? He gets lots of touchdowns. You guys darn right, Kendra Miller's having a good season. I feel like Charbonnet's getting lots of touchdowns. So do we take the field on somebody else having more total yards from scrimmage than Chase Brown or that somebody has at or least take, the same take, amount of take, take the field that somebody else has 17 rushing touchdowns in power five. They both sound pretty reasonable to me. Chase Brown's been pretty good catching the ball. So I, I think we're going to go with the touchdowns. But my, it's like a coin toss. So if you fall that same way on your own, cool, we can go with it. Or I'm, I'm going with it. I say you can go with me if you want. But I think I'm, the I'm lie. Going with touchdowns. I, I think the lie is the touchdowns. I can think of other. Like, Can is the name in my head that really pops. So just to confirm, Joe, you believe statement three is the lie. Thank you for doing this right now. I think the lie is that, and I really, I, I'm from the bottom of my heart, Chris, I thank you right now. I think the lie is that Blake Corum leads the power five in rushing touchdowns. Okay. And I know Kyle knows the, the rules of the game, so I won't that ask is, him the same that question. Is the same belief that I have, yes. There are three running backs in D1 college football that average eight yards or more per attempt. That is correct. There are only three. The mm. running back with the most scrimmage yards wow. this season is Chase Brown. He has 1,615. Mm. That is good enough to lead college football. Oh, jeez. 
Blake so Horn, who's seven? Who, who's in the bucket with Blake? There, Blake Horn's seventeen touchdowns is tied for second in the entirety of college football. He is tied with Dwayne McBride at seventeen. Not power that, five, so thank you. And and that pit running back at seventeen. A bandicam. So you you guys got you guys got there, but did not guess the running back that has more rushing touchdowns in the power five than Blake Corum, because there's somebody in the Big Ten that has more touchdowns than Blake Corum. Dude. Mo Ibrahim has eighteen oh. touchdowns. Oh wow! So he's leading. Is this guy gonna set a record or what? Here, like we've been here forever. By and the just, way, he has. It gets he, better he has every 18, year. Blake Corum has seventeen touchdowns in ten games. Mo Ibrahim has eighteen touchdowns in nine games. Mm. Mo so Ibrahim, the touchdown another, maker. Another L I'm for surprised. Me and another win for you guys. I, I'm really surprised that it was exactly three with over eight yards per carry. I thought that'd be a, a sizable list. Nope, just three. Just three. It's, it's, well, and I guess what threw me off is just we didn't know the qualifier. Right. That's what was so. scary for me. I'm sure I'm sure college football reference probably had some kind of like marginal, can, like minimal carries that guys had to qualify. Because I know their tables are usually, if it's filtered by like rushing yards leaders, then like, you have a floor to hit, and if you aren't amongst the rushing yards leader in total, then you won't show up in so, the table. Um, it's a minimum. It was a minimum of of six point two attempts per game, and seventy five percent of games played is the, is is the minimum okay. for that. Okay. And the three are John Lee Eldridge the third out of Air Force, Ayo Adeji out of North Texas, and Tylen Hines out of Hawaii are all at the hmm. eighth plus mark. Right, who's the who's the highest like draft prospect on that list? Zach Charbonnet's fourth at seven point five. Mm. Mm. Joe, you want to go? Yep, I got mine. Uh, my mine are all special teams related here, folks. Of course they are. All special teams. Of course they are. I did this to I myself hate with the punches I last time. Hate this game. I hate it. I did this to uh, myself. Two of these statements are true. One is a lie. Playing two truths and lie, boys. Works, yep. All right, you guys got to find out which one's the lie. All right? Thanks, Joe. Number one, the only kick or punt return for a touchdown this season was Devin DuVernay's kickoff return for a touchdown in week two against the Dolphins. There's been no other kick or punt return for a touchdown so far this year. Okay. Number two, the Los Angeles Chargers lead the NFL – and punt return average against them at three yards. That's the best in the league is, in covering is, punts. That Okay, so it, that is the lowest total of per average. The Rams are good at covering kicks. Yeah, the, Chargers, the, Chargers. the Chargers. The Chargers. The Chargers. The Chargers. Covering that, punts. They have the lowest punt return average against them this year. That doesn't feel it's like it's right just based on Chargers special teams, but okay. <laughs> okay, we're not doing that. Hold on. Let me get the third statement. Yeah, we'll get the third one. The third statement is the New York Jets have enjoyed the lowest percentage of made field goals against them this season at 75%. One of those statements is is not true. Would you like me to read them again? No. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay Chris. So, so where does no, your fine. mind go? If, if you're good... No, I just I, I have them in my head. I was just thinking. I didn't want to be I didn't want to process more information. Or process the same information again, I should say. Okay. So where do you want to go? Like where where does your brain go? Uh, two two is where my brain goes to the lie. To my brain the lie. Goes. 
I mean, the Jets have had a lot, a lot of stuff happen. They blocked a field goal against Green Bay. They had some misses, I think, in the Denver game. There were there was a miss in the Bills game for sure. Mm-hmm. And they hold a lot of teams to field goals too. The Patriots made all their kicks. That's the only thing that concerns me there. See, but part of me feels like Joe put that in there to throw me off, and now I'm in my own head now. I feel pretty good about number one. Number one's absolutely true. I can't immediately think of another one, so I'm, I'm in on that. Okay. Unless there was like an all is there like an onside kick return or some sh- stupid thing like that? Nah, 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 nah. Okay. Or just a punt return or a kick return. Nah, 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 nah. Shut up, Joe. Okay, so it's now we're we're gonna eliminate number one. Right. So we're fifty fifty. The Chargers only three yards per return. Do they get a lot of two, so that would so two things would have to occur. Lots of fair catches, and then when they do return it, it doesn't go very far. Right? Right. Kyle, is that what we're saying? Yeah. Who's the Chargers punter? Good. Tell you. I don't even think I know. I, I don't know either. I was <laughs> I normally know these things. Now, now Kyle, I think that's the lie. That number feels too low for me. Three? Three point two. Feels low. Just three. Just three. Just three. Feels low. Well, I guess this is the 75% of the field goals? I can tell you the number is accurate. I, I, the number can I true. read the third statement again, please? Yes. The New York Jets The New York Jets have enjoyed the lowest percentage of made field goals against them this season at 75%. Can you tell us how many field goals they have had, have, they have had kicked against them? I don't have that, but I can get it for you. I'm now starting to think I would just that like might to, be the lie. I would just like to know what the, the sample size is, you know? Sure. Is there a team out here that had like an abnormally low sample size through nine or 10 games? The New York Jets have faced. Hold on. The New York Jets have faced 20 field goal attempts this year in nine games. So they are 15 of 19 is or 15 of 20. Is That's the right. 15 of 20. So okay. that is so a true cut. statement. Is that is there is there another team in the NFL that has a worse percentage than that? I'm going to say that is the lie based off kind of what the Titans red zone statistic was a couple weeks back. Se- when it was it's 77 percent. They convert in the red zone now. I looked at this this morning. There you go. You're doing research. Yeah, it was for something else. But that that to me, that's the pathway, I think, to the easiest, most easily digestible lie is that somebody has faced like an abnormally low amount of kicks and just had like a handful that were missed. So the Jets might have gotten more missed field goals against them. But from a percentage standpoint, there is a team with a lower percentage. Three the lowest, the lie. Uh... The lowest amount of field goals attempted against a team this year is a tie with 11. The Jaguars and the Eagles have only faced 11 field goals. Three's the lie. Kyle, Kyle you're yeah. so good at this. I, 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 
Three's the lie. Lock me in. I'm just going with my friend. I don't have Chris, a good feel about don't it. Don't get mad at me if it's wrong. Because uh, I am. You, but... you were in the two boat. Oh, yeah. I want to change so bad. No, st- I'm sticking with the three. Jets. Sticking the Jets three. have faced the. Tenth most amount of field goals in the NFL this year. Twenty. The Ooh. highest is twenty-six. No, Chris, my We've only other argument would be now he's feeding us a lot of information. Right. Like he's he giving us a to... lot of statistics. But I'm I'm convinced. Three's the lie. Lock it in. Three's the lie. You guys are correct, but it's it, your oh. process was not good. Okay. Well, that's well, not why. I tried to apply logic. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because the Eagles the Eagles nine of eleven. Eleven of eleven against the Jaguars. The Dolphins have faced twelve field goals. Eleven of them were made. So what's nine of eleven? What's that percentage? Eighty-one percent. Okay, I was close. So who who's the worst? The Raiders, sixty-four point seven, which makes it even. So worse you're telling me sucked. that this Raiders team is getting the benefit of all these miskicks against them, and they're still losing? Yeah, eleven of oh seventeen my. against them this year. Uh, the Bears are also benefiting, sixty-six point seven percent. The Vikings, seventy-two point two percent, and then the Jets at seventy-five percent. Wow. So Jets are fifth. Uh, the Jets are fifth. Yeah, the the Broncos and Jaguars have not had the benefit of a missed field goal against them this year. Uh, twenty two of twenty two oh against the Broncos Lord. and eleven of eleven against the Jaguars. I would be uh, Broncos fan. I'd be so annoyed. <laughs> These little annoying statistics. The Saints have um, enjoyed a missed extra point percentage against them of eighty five point seven percent. Well, I guess you give up that many touchdowns, you're probably bound to. Believe it or not, they've only faced 21 extra points. So there you go. I thought that was fun. All right, Kyle, go ahead. All right. Chris, you got a dub. We got you a dub, buddy. I did. I did. So all of mine are pertaining to my updated. Oh, you're going for a perfect week. I'm going for a perfect week. I have to stump you both. All of mine are pertaining to my updated TDM 100 ballot. And the last time we did this, Throw I had submitted trash. it to Joe. Before we did it, and when I decided I was going to do this, I deliberately holstered it. And so Joe has not seen my updated TDM 100 ballot in any capacity, and it's on a private sheet. So we're (laughs) okay. We got it. We got it. I haven't seen it, buddy. (laughs) Okay. Here are three statements pertaining to my updated TDM 100 ballot for November. Two of them are true. One of them is a lie. Two of these are true. One of these is is an incorrect statement, a a purposely misleading statement. I have more Alabama players who were previously ranked, but no longer in the top 100 than I do Bama players still ranked in the top 100. That feels super true to me. I mean, what am I supposed to do with that other than say? No, that's got to be true. Jermaine Burton, Tyler Harrell, um, and not that we're working through these in flight, but e- Eli Ricks might not have a spot there. Yeah, I'm good. Clemson hits three players in the top 100 chronologically before any other team. Wow, that's fun. That's I have I have five corners in my top 32. Okay. So Joe, am- here's what. So Joe, if you if you believe that one is true. I'll go with you. If we do three and figure it out, then we'll know what we're doing here. Yeah, that's I think, exactly my thought process. I think you take two and you put it to the side and you just work well, who on are three the three? First. It's 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 Murphy, Brzee, and Simpson, right? So you would need three of them. So do you have three Georgia players? Ringo, no. Carter, Jones, probably not. Alabama, no, no. 
Ohio State. Ohio State. No, it's not. Who's Ohio State got? Stroud, Njigba, Jones. No, no, no chance. I think that okay. might be true. So then three's the lot. So what way are you guys? And so we could just. Well, what what other team would have three players chronologically higher than Clemson? Michigan? No. Who are they? I'm I'm naming big schools, Joe. I'm not. No, no. Don't think big schools. Think about elite prospects. That's how we have to get there. I mean, Kyle likes B. John Robinson. There's not three Texas players. Obama's going to have. Anderson, Bryce. He doesn't. He's got Bryce probably like thirty or something on this board. I have Bryce Young twenty fifth. Joe, yeah, I, why are you attacking me? I'm just going through the thought process. No, no, of I'm, doing I'm this. not attacking you. I'm okay. answering you. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. So Georgia, we said no to, right? Right, because it would the qual the players would be Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo, and then you need one more. And who would that be? Broderick Jones. I don't see it. I don't see us getting there. I think you'll have. I said all Jones those cl- before. I meant Johnson for Ohio State. But you yeah, yeah, I know that Kyle doesn't you, love you, him. So yeah, Paris Johnson is twenty third on my new TD one. Look, he's giving us Easter eggs here, left and right. This is weird that he's helping. It's because you did it to to us when with the. So Joe, if so, that one's tr- if that one's true, that we just say three is the lie. We don't even think it out. Well, so we we need no. We don't might not need to. Does Kyle, the question that we have to ask ourselves is: Does Kyle have Murphy, Breezy? And Simpson higher than twenty three. I think he does. I would agree with that largely. So, uh, unless I'm just overlooking, can the you read number one? one again? Yeah, read number that for one. us again. Number one, be more than happy to. I did not realize it is twelve oh nine. By the way, Joe. I didn't either yeah, until a second we're, ago. Yeah. yeah, we're a little we're a little behind, but it's okay. I have more Alabama players who were previously ranked but no longer in the top one hundred than I do Alabama players still ranked in my top one hundred. Okay, that's cl- okay. I'm, thank God he did that. So who does Kyle still have as an Alabama player ranked in his top 100? Falling out is okay, but wait, falling out we have three, right? Burton, Harrell, and Ricks potentially. Battle maybe no. Kyle have him in his top 100. So the players for sure that Kyle is going to have in his top 100. Will Alex. Anderson. Okay, Joe, and, you see what and, I'm doing? If you work it the other way, then you okay? Can, yeah, yeah you I got can it. I got, out. I got it. Will, Will Anderson. Anderson Brian Branch. Bryce Young. Brian Branch. That's Jameer three. Gibbs. Jameer, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs is four. Henry Toto is five. Five. What, then there's two guards that they have. So the, that math ain't mathin' now. Cohen and Echior, and they're Steen. I don't know if they all are, but I would guess one of them are in. So so then that's six. So you so got to have six. A- you got to have six out. No, no, no. For sure. That's, that's the lie. That's, that's the, lie. the lie. Number one's the lie. Lock it in. Confirming you're both locked in. Lock yes. it in. Okay, so statement number one. I have more Alabama players previously ranked in the top 100, but no longer there than I do Alabama players in the top 100. That's a true statement. Oh. You are both incorrect. How the... No, no, no. Tyler. For us. Tyler Steen. Emil Echior, oh, Cameron Latu Latu, Eli oh, Ricks, God. Tyler Harrell, Jermaine Burton, bad. DeMarco Hellams, Malachi Moore. Oh. All previously top 100 ranked players all out. I never thought you had half of those guys in your top 100 ever. 
Uh, I mean, 94, 95, 99, 90. Jesus. Would you like to know the lie? No, I don't care. No, I want to know. Plug your ears. The lie is that Clemson hits three players in the top 100 chronologically oh, so we any other we team. Joe, we were screwed regardless. Come we were done. On. We were doomed. Who are they? What team is it? The University of Georgia has its third player, Keely Ringo, one spot in front of Trent, Trenton Simpson, who is you're, the you're, third you're, Clemson Tigers player. You are just mean. <laughs> I mean, the margins are so slim. I gave you the Jets. They're not even like second worst. They're fifth worst. The good family fun here on draft. This dudes. game stinks. <laughs> Chris Who gives came us up with one this? guy. There's one guy with more than 17. You guys are no. It would. I, this is the worst game we've ever decided to play ever on this show. This sucks. I strongly disagree. And and we're 15 minutes late for our staff meeting for it too. <laughs> Jesus. We got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for t- tuning in to Draft Dudes. Scott Krabs, Joe Mario, Chris Schubert, Two Truths and a Lie. Come on back again next week. See what follies we have for you. Thanks to our friends over at Ben Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great weekend. Enjoy all the football. Hey, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.